The following is a Thunderbolt West Media production. I'm talking drone sightings, raising baby chicks, and what to do about people in your house that are not on board with your prepping. You are listening to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show with Jim Calhoun. The storm was coming, the sky was on fire, fear was in their eyes. It's my opinion that we should be prepared to lean on our faith and be able to step out on the sea. Thanks for tuning in to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. I'm your host, Jim Calhoun. This show features off-grid topics such as creating your own power, gardening, homesteading, and other issues related to off-grid living. I also seek to educate my listeners about survival and prepping, and I'll talk about anything from government corruption to chemtrails. Also, I feel that our constitutional republic is worth saving so I never miss an opportunity to do my part in helping to save our republic. I have two main goals for this show. Number one, to help you build your faith in God. And number two, to help each listener become as self-sufficient as possible. This show originates at the Harmony Barn Studios, located near Hershey, Nebraska, in the United States of America. The Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show airs on global shortwave stations WBCQ, Monticello, Maine, at frequency 7.490, and also on WRMI, Radio Miami International, on frequency 5850. And you can tune in to Key Radio, 89.3 FM, in Osage Beach, Missouri. And this show is also available on demand, on Spreaker, Anchor, Podpoint, Podpage, and Red Circle. My email address is jim at offgridliving.faith and be sure to visit my website, which is offgridliving.faith. And I appreciate you tuning in today to the show. And today's show is going to be a little bit different. I'm going to replay on the second half of the show, the second half of my appearance on Truth to Ponder last Wednesday. And it's a subject that I think needs to be addressed. And I've been receiving letters, not only from my appearance on Truth to Ponder, but also from listeners to this show about the subject of when you are awake and you're trying to protect your family and your family doesn't get it. They're still asleep. They have their head in the sand and they're not on board. And it's a big problem and it's growing because there's lots of people who are frustrated. There's lots of relationships being ruined. And I really think it's something I need to repeat. And so I'm going to play the second portion of my Truth to Ponder appearance on this episode of the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. And I know I have a lot of listeners that listen to both programs, but I think the subject needs to be addressed. And like I say, I've been getting letters from both groups of listeners. 
And so I want to address this because it's getting serious. And so if you have somebody who is in your house or in your life that thinks that you're a crackpot, they think that you're going overboard, they think that you're weird because you're prepping, and they don't see it, and they think that you're just out of control, please try to get those people to listen to the second half of this broadcast. Because I'm going to be talking to them, I'm going to be talking to you, I'm going to be talking to the ones who are in the middle, the ones that aren't sure whether they should be prepping. And I think it's vital that we stop this divide and conquer that's been happening in this country. And they're dividing us every way they can. And right now, the family definitely has a target on it. And anything that the powers can be, anything they can do to tear down the family unit, they're doing it right now. And so I want to fight back against that in this episode. And again, it's going to be on the second half of this program. So that'll give you a few minutes to try to get the right people to hear that part of the broadcast. But I'm going to go to something that was kind of been bothering me for a long time. And that was the drone sightings that were seen in western Nebraska and in northwest Kansas, eastern Colorado, and a few drones in eastern Wyoming. And all of this was happening during the fall and winter of 2019, right before COVID hit. And it made worldwide news that squadrons of drones were hovering quite a few places in this part of the world. And nobody knew what they were, who owned them, why they were out doing whatever they were doing. And it was obvious by the size of the drones, because these are not little play drones that you buy at a store and just go out and play drones. That's not what was being seen. What was being reported and photographed were large military-style drones, ones that cost millions of dollars. And so we're not talking about toys here. We're talking about the real deal. And these drones were seen and photographed by law enforcement. They were seen and photographed by farmers and ranchers and people that lived in the small towns. And I wasn't here during that time period because I was on a winter tour doing music shows and I was on a three-month tour, and it was happening right after I left. And so I was able to read about what was happening in my hometown area while I was away. But I didn't get to experience those drones. I didn't get to see them, but I sure got to hear about them. Well, I've always wondered if they'd come back. And I can report to you definitely 100%. They're back. And what they're doing, I don't know. I'm going to be looking into it. I saw three drones personally. And it was really strange. I was coming back from an event, and it was 3.30 in the morning. And I looked up into the sky. And as I was driving home by myself, you know, just trying to stay awake, something caught my attention out of the corner of my eye. And I looked, and there was a formation of lights in a triangle shape, and they were too bright to be stars. And I thought, hmm, I wonder what that is. And right when I had that thought, the first one turned off, and then about a second later, the second one turned off, and then another second passed, and then the third one shut off. So it was just bing, 
bing, bing, and the lights were gone. Well, I got to thinking, well, that could have been stars. Maybe, possibly, the atmosphere made the stars a little brighter. Maybe there was some water vapor in the air that did something odd with those stars. They were quite a bit bigger than stars, but I thought, well, that could be something. And when they disappeared, it could have been a cloud that covered up the stars. A fast-moving cloud came through. So I had myself pretty well convinced after about 10 minutes that I probably didn't see anything weird. It was really late at night, and I was tired, and, you know, I could have made a judgment and error. And at the exact moment, I came to that conclusion that I was likely wrong. The drones reappeared. This time, they were brighter, and I was closer, and so I know they weren't stars. And I've seen all sorts of rescue helicopters as far as from the military and the Coast Guard. I've seen police helicopters. I've seen helicopters with searchlights as they were going after criminals. I've seen military. I've seen agricultural helicopters. I've seen all kinds of helicopters and airplanes. And I can tell you 100% these were not helicopters, and they were definitely not airplanes. And this time they stayed up and gave me a good look, and then they turned off again. But this time when they turned off, they turned off as a group. The first time I saw them for probably maybe two seconds before they blinked off. Well, this time I saw them for about a minute. And I could tell they were quite large, like a single-engine private airplane, like a two-seater airplane. That's pretty much the size that these were. And they looked like a streetlight up in the sky at about a mile away. So if you can get in your mind's eye what a streetlight would look like on a clear night at a mile distance, that's what they look like. And then they went away, and the formation stayed really tight, still that same triangle. It was not one big thing with three lights on it. It was three individuals. You could tell that. And as I got to my junction where I had to turn and go away from where these drones were, one of them appeared for about 30 seconds and then shut back off, as if to say, yep, we're still here. And what they're doing, I don't know. And why they're there, I don't know. There's lots of questions and no answers. But I do know that back in 2019, that people were told that they should not shoot these down because if they did, they'd be in a whole bunch of trouble. But yet the people that said that said they had no idea what they were or whose they were. And so why they would issue a warning not to shoot them down if they didn't know anything about them, I think was rather bizarre. And so I think that there's something going on militarily or there's something going on that has to be nefarious. And the reason I say it has to be is just the way it's all been coming down. Even local law enforcement, as in sheriffs and stuff, are not being told what's going on. And I don't know whether they're spraying things. I don't know whether they're spying on things. But what would you spy on in the middle of Nebraska? Just how many cows you have out in the field? I mean, you know, why would they spend any time or money with this? So there's something that's up. And to those that say, well, you saw three lights in the sky, you probably didn't see anything. Well, I did verify. I talked to a person the next day and was telling them about it. And the person that I was talking to has friends that live 30 miles 
west of where I saw these drones. And this person said that he received a call from his friends that said that they had seen drones above their property the night before. And that was just west of Curtis, Nebraska. And the drones that I saw were between Gothenburg and Eustis, Nebraska, to those who know the little towns. And so the night before I saw my drones, there was a drone sighting 30 miles west. And that's enough for me. I know what I saw, and I know that I saw it. And to hear that someone else saw the same thing the night before, I think pretty well seals it, in my opinion, that we have something going on. Now, why are they doing this at night? They must have some sort of night vision or something. I don't know what's going on here. But I'm going to keep you apprised of what I find out, because it just seems to me that we're living in a world that is just so out of control. And we have people that are megalomaniacs who are in power that will stop at nothing. And you know they experimented on all of us with this COVID jab, this death jab that they tried to force everybody to take. And a government that will do that to their people will do anything to their people. And I read something on a website before I went to bed last night. And it's very profound and it's very real. There was a comment under some article that I read. And the person that made the comment said, They sold Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. What do you think they're going to do to you? Think about that. Jesus was only worth 30 pieces of silver. That's all it took for him to be sold out. And we're talking about the Son of God here. So, how easy will it be for you to be sold out? When you think about it, it's rather sobering. And so, I don't know what's going on. I'm going to try to get to the bottom of it as much as I can. But, a lot of people have tried to figure this out since 2019. And nobody has made any inroads at all. So, that leads me to believe that it's possibly like a CIA or some other covert type operation. So if you live in the center part of the United States, you might kind of keep an eye out. I don't know whether they're there to harm us or whether they're to spy on us or why they're there. But I do know that we can take nothing for granted in these really strange times we live in. Broadcasting from the United States of America, you are listening to The Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. I invite all of my listeners to go to my social media site, which is on VeteranBrigades.com. It's the only social media site that I trust, and you do not have to be a veteran to join. So go to VeteranBrigades.com, sign up, and look me up over there, and on that platform, I'm the Living Off-Grid Show, and I plan on doing lots of interactive things over there with you, my audience. So please go visit me at VeteranBrigades.com. Now I'm going to move on to a topic that I think it's time to do that this time of year because it's concerning homesteading and also 
feeding your family. There's lots of people getting baby chicks right now. And I've got some family that are getting some baby chicks, and I see that they're selling baby chicks at the different stores here that carry baby chicks this time of year. They're starting to arrive. And there's a lot of newbies out there with baby chicks. And so I'm just going to give you just a brief overview of what to do and some things not to do with baby chicks. And hopefully I'll be able to save some people some grief, save them some money, and save the lives of some baby chicks. Because there's quite a few newbies out there, and mistakes can be made. Well, first of all, you have to keep them warm. If you don't have a nice, consistent, warm, and I'm not talking hot, don't cook them. Because it's very easy to overheat baby chicks and kill them. And so you have to get your temperature in a very nice, warm, comfortable range, and you have to keep it very consistent. And the same way goes with humidity. You don't want to have your chicks in a very humid room, and also you don't want them in a bone-dry room. You want to have a very medium humidity with a very nice, warm, consistent heat. And you always have to remember that until these chicks are feathered, it's very easy for these chicks to freeze to death. And another thing that happens to baby chicks is that people put too much water in a water bowl and the chicks will jump in and they'll drown. You might look at a drowned baby chick in your water bowl and say, how did that happen? Well, it's very easy because chicks are not very smart and they seem to find their way into all sorts of trouble. And so you have to make sure that the chicks can't get in the water. In other words, you have to have a grill or something where they can just reach their heads through, where they can comfortably reach their heads through, but can't put their whole body into their water. And when I say comfortably put their heads through, you don't want to have anything that's too tight or else you'll probably get a chick that'll get their head caught. You don't want that. So it has to be just the right size for their head to comfortably go through, but their body can't. Make sure you keep the water level low and so there can be no way that they can drown. But when I say that, that's real easy to run out of water if you have it low. So you'd be best to change their water out several times a day and keep that water level consistent. And that's one enemy of baby chicks is them catching disease through the water. A lot of people buy solutions of medicine and antibiotics and things and put it in the water. And that's been done for years very successfully. And so I'm not going to say anything against that, because it works. But I am going to say I don't do that. And the reason I don't is that I think that the chicks will build their own immune system better without having all these chemicals. And so I've never lost a chick due to them not having something in the water. But I do know that there are people that have lost the entire bunch of chicks by having contaminated water. And so your water has to be clean and fresh and change it often. That's the way I would do it. There again, a lot of people put a solution in their water, and that is the modern way to do it, is through adding this medicine into their water. And so either way is acceptable. It's just a matter of choice. When it comes to feeding your chicks, I know there's a lot of people out there that are scared of commercial feed. And to be honest with you, I'm one of them. 
I don't think the commercial feed is near as good as feed you can make yourself, but I am going to make an exception with baby chicks. I think that you should use a very good chick starter that's specially formulated for growing chicks from the newly hatched on up to the fully feathered young chicken. I really think that you need to use the commercial feed because it is scientifically balanced and it's got just the right amount of nutrients to grow your chick in a nice, even way. And you're not going to have any nutritional deficiencies that will come in and wreak havoc among your baby chicks. Because we are talking about a very fragile little bird. And they need to be treated very fragile. And they need to be looked after. And another thing that I think is really vital with raising baby chicks is to not let kids play with them. Don't get them out and let them run around. Don't keep them super confined, but keep them in a reasonably small area. Keep them quiet. Keep them calm. They'll have their different routines between resting, sleeping, and exercise. So have the area large enough that they can exercise. But do your best not to have any outside distractions. In other words, don't put them by a busy doorway where people are coming in and out. Don't put them where they're visible to dogs and cats to where where you always have a predator that's looking through the cage at them. Just common sense things like that. Keep them calm, keep them safe, keep them warm, keep them dry, keep them fed, keep them watered, and watch them real close. And you should be just fine. And then after they reach the feathered stage, if you want to start making your own chicken feed, well, that's the time to do it, but not when they're chicks. And I'm stressing this on everything. Even if you're a chicken master and you have lots of experience, there's always room to learn and grow. And for those who are just getting into the chicken hobby or chicken business, you need to become an expert at it as you go. You should get your chicks now because now is the time. But I think you need to really study chick raising. I think you need to go to the library or go onto the internet. Or your local feed store might have pamphlets. Maybe you have an extension office from an agricultural college in your state. And you might just have a neighbor that raises chickens. Just anything where you can get knowledge. Because right now, in my opinion, the powers that be are trying to take away all of our ability to feed ourselves. Right now in England, they're making everyone register their chickens. So if you have a flock of two hens in your backyard, you have to register them with the federal government of Great Britain. And I don't know why chickens and eggs seem to be a target of these people that want to have mass starvation, the people that want to depopulate the planet. They're really after chickens. You probably have noticed that. I sure have. But when it comes to raising your chickens or growing a garden or or growing a steer up for butcher, just anything that you do, whether it be hunting, fishing, going out foraging for different herbs and plants, you need to become an expert at what you're doing. Now, you may think that you know about certain things, but there's always more to learn. And I do believe that ties in very biblically, because the Bible says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. And things like that were put in the Bible for times like this. 
And so if you can improve your mind, if you can get yourself to be an expert gardener, an expert chick raiser, an expert with milking goats or whatever you're going to do, you need to really know what you're doing because that might just be the only thing standing in between you and hunger. I really don't know what's going on in this world, and I don't think anybody really does. But I do know what's nefarious, and I do know what's real, and I do know that this banking issue is going to come back and really bite us hard. And they're really building a house of cards. And I hope that you do realize that by saving the banks during this latest banking crisis, they save the banks but not the dollar. And what I mean by that is, is that by saving the banks, they're going to cause inflation to go wildly out of control. And that inflation is going to be aimed right at you and right at me. And there again, that goes back to our food supply. You have to remember back in the Weimar Republic in Germany in the 1920s, The economy got so bad that people had to literally take a bushel basket full of money to buy a loaf of bread. And don't think that that can't or won't happen with this banking mess. Because they put a band-aid on a gunshot wound. And when that gunshot wound starts to infect and starts to get critical, well, that's what's going to happen with our whole banking thing. They put a Band-Aid on a bad wound, and they said, see, we fixed it. Everything's great. Well, they just kicked the can down the road. But this wound is so bad, and they didn't fix anything at all. They just covered it up. Just know that somewhere in the near future, I think within the next year, that we're going to see hyperinflation. We're going to see food being priced beyond our means. And so this little flock of chicks might be your lifeline to protein. I know that that's my decision with protein, is eggs. And I don't plan on butchering any of my chickens. I have them solely for egg production. And then also, I got some breeds that are known to sit on their eggs and hatch other chicks. And so I'm going to naturally hatch out my own chicks using mother hens. And so I have my bases covered that way. And I think that everybody that has the ability to raise chicks needs to do so. We all need to become producers in an era where they're taking the large food processing plants into distribution centers and they're cyber attacking them or burning them down or closing them, making it just that much harder for you to get food on your table. And so if you can become a producer, and put food on your own table, well, this is the year to do it. And another thing I want to mention is the fact that things are getting tight enough as far as finances and also just the mood of the whole world is not very good. And so I would ask everyone to cut each other a break out there because it seems like everyone is on a very short temper. People are sick of this mess. They don't like this brave new world that's being forced down our throats. So we have a lot of people out there that are angry, and they don't know who to be angry at. They're just angry. And I do understand that. 
but I think we need to turn our anger into determination and turn our anger into action. And that action would be is to become self-sufficient and take care of yourself and take care of your family. Turn that anger into positive motivation. Don't let these people win. Don't let these evil people get a firm foot into your house. Keep them away from your life as much as possible. And when you're self-sufficient, you come a long way towards getting that done. And also, I want to address the letters that I've been getting. There's a lot of good topics, a lot of good subjects. And as time permits in future shows, I'm going to answer all your questions and concerns. But please stick around and listen to the second half of this broadcast, especially if you are in a situation to where you're trying to be the watchman, you're trying to guard your family, you're trying to prep, and it seems like nobody's on board. The second half of this show addresses that. And I will be right back after this. I really need to know who's listening and where you're listening from, whether it's by shortwave or podcast or on AM or FM radio. Even if you just pop me an email and say hi, I would appreciate it. And as always, I invite listeners, give me some suggestions of topics that they'd like to hear me cover. I would really appreciate that. Once again, my email address is jim at offgridliving.faith. Please visit the website, and the website is offgridliving.faith. And also, you can find links to even more information. Every one of my shows is uploaded on the website. If you enjoy the Living Off-Grid Powered Information Show, I would ask that you consider donating to the show to help cover expenses because we don't get paid here. This is all done by donations. And we do not take anything online as far as PayPal or any of that because of all the censorship. Not that they have shut us off. It's just I'm not going to give them the opportunity. So we're going to do it the old-fashioned way by mail check, money order, or if you want to put cash in a secure envelope, we would appreciate any donation, any size. Just send all your correspondence to Thunderbolt West Media, P.O. Box 163, Hershey, Nebraska, 69143. That's Thunderbolt West Media, P.O. Box 163, Hershey, Nebraska, 69143, and your support is greatly appreciated. Well, I'm going to get on to a very important topic, and it's one that I'm afraid is very common. That's when one person in the family is awake and sees the pitfalls and knows that we have to get prepared for what's going to happen. And other family members either don't see the entire picture or worse yet, don't see anything that's going on. They're totally blind, deaf, and dumb to the world situations. Those are people that take everything at face value, everything they're told, 
and everything they're spoon-fed by the propagandist media, they buy it hook, line, and sinker. And if you have a corrupt politician come out and say, everything's fine, they believe that person. But yet there's people within the House that do see what's going on. And those people, for some reason, are not looked up to and not respected enough for them to be believed. Oh, they'll look at the television set and see illegitimate Joe tell everybody that everything's great. And why they would believe that perverted old man, I don't know why. Then you can have a very loving, caring family member that sees the actual pitfalls and actually sees the truth. That person is totally discounted within families. And that's not right. And so I want to start off by addressing those that are not on board. And I really, truly hope that you stay and listen to the entire segment of Truth to Ponder. Because I want to give you a few ideas to consider. Now, I know I probably won't change a lot of people's hearts or minds just by them listening to my voice. But if I can get them to reflect on what I say and internalize it and make it their own, then I think that there's going to be some people that are going to see the right way to go. That's my hope and my prayer. So I want to start off talking to the people that are not on board, the ones that think everything is fine and people like me are conspiracy theorists and crackpots. I want those who are listening to be willing to open their mind. Because if you look at any issue with a closed mind before you even look at the issue, there's no point. And so I would hope that you would open your mind and open your world up to the possibilities of situations being different than what you've been told. Now I want to tell you right off the bat that if you have a family member that's been trying to save you and trying to love you enough to prepare for you, you need to look at that for what it is. This family member truly loves you and truly cares for you, and cares for your well-being and your safety. You might think, well, that's just my dad. He's a nutcase. No, he's your dad, and he loves you. Or he wouldn't be trying to prepare for you. He wouldn't be trying to wake you up as hard as he is. And so you have to understand that everything that's being done is being done for your benefit. Whether you believe it or not, the people that are prepping, the people that actually see what's truly going on, are dealing with you in a spirit of love. So I would ask that you deal with your family member that's prepping with the same love and respect. If we can start right there, maybe we can start healing this great divide. Please consider those words carefully. Now we have to realize that all this division comes from a very well-planned thing that's happening to divide and conquer. And if you can get husbands and wives disagreeing on basic survival, if you can get children and their parents disagreeing about survival, if you could get aunts and uncles and cousins and close friends all disagreeing on survival about the basic elements of life, then you know that the divisions are deep. And they're put there by Satan. I've never seen the world so divided in my life. The races are divided. 
the countries are divided, the different regions and states are divided, men and women are divided, families are divided, churches are divided, governments are divided. Everything is being divided. And it's us and them. And the middle ground doesn't exist. And that's another thing I want everyone to hear, that the middle ground is where everything really happens. You don't live your life at the extreme of either end. You live your life in the middle between those extremes. And so while you hold on to your has to be my way or the highway, understand that that's very extreme. And when you sell out to an extreme, you're never going to rectify anything. So you have to be able to open your mind and meet in the middle. That's the way the world really works. But it's very sad when I have someone contact me, and it's happened several times. That's why I'm addressing this on this episode. That it's mostly men who are awake. I don't know why, but there are some women that are wide awake that have contacted me as well. But the majority are men who are wide awake, that have children at home, and they're trying to get their family to where they're safe, and their family is resisting. The kids think dad's a nut job, and the man's wife is sick of the whole thing and thinks he's going overboard and doesn't want anything to do with it. You go ahead and play survivalist if you want. I'm going to do what I do. You just go away. And there are many families that are starting to disintegrate. There's relationships ruined between children and their parents and between the parents themselves. I've had several people contact me that they're the only person in their family, and they're ta- and I'm talking aunts and uncles and grandparents and siblings and parents, that there's one out of that whole group that's awake. And I've had several people contact me that that's their situation, and they tell me how lonely they are. They can't talk to anyone, not even in their family because their family has already written them off as being a nut job, simply because this person cared enough for the family to warn their family and to try to mentor their family into the idea of saving and prepping and getting ready for hard times. And we have to understand that there's going to be a remnant that's going to survive the tribulation. I'm not saying this is the tribulation, but I think it's part of it. I think it's the start. I think we're in the foothills. We may not be in the mountains, but we're definitely in the foothills. But the way I see it is that you have family members that do care enough to try to warn the rest of their family, and then they're ostracized and also shunned and treated like they're second class. And generally, that's the way it happens. It's not And it's not that the people that do see what's going on ostracize the people that don't see it. It's generally the other way around. And so we have a very deep divide. But the divide was not put there by the people themselves. The divide was put there by two things. Number one, Satan. And number two, Satan's propaganda machine, which would be the mainstream media, and all the other liars that are out there. And so when one family member is awake and the other family member thinks they're a nut job, that family member likely thinks that the one that's awake is a nut job, 
simply because of the propaganda that they've been spoon-fed for years that everybody who's a survivalist is a wacko. Everybody who prepares for a rainy day is a wacko. And so you have people that don't want to be considered wackos, and so when you go and try to tell them exactly how much you love them and care about them and how you want to save them and you want to prepare as a team, they don't get on board. I've got several letters from people who are horribly depressed and horribly frustrated that their family will not help them because their family says nothing's going to happen. Everything is fine. You're just working yourself over nothing. And several people have told me that their marriages are failing or have failed because their spouse belittled what they were doing, refused to get on board, and actually started hampering the preparations. So I'm going to tell you the way I would handle that. But I'm going to tell you this right off the bat. I could be dead wrong. I'm not a psychiatrist or a psychologist. I do understand human nature but not to the extent of someone who's trained. So what I'm going to tell you is just my opinion. But this is how I would talk to my people if they were not on board. First of all, I would cut them all a break. Instead of getting mad at them and frustrated because they aren't listening to me, I would say, I'm not fighting against my family. My family is not fighting against me. I'm fighting against a spirit and an indoctrination that's been put on my family. And that's what's fighting me. It's not my daughter, it's not my son, not my wife, not my husband that's fighting me. It's what's been put in their head from outside sources. And once you lay blame where it really belongs, it's easier to find the patience. And so I'd have to say that the people who are awake, don't expect your family to waken very fast, and maybe they never will become awake. But you may get them to where they no longer are fighting you or coming against your efforts. That might be the best you can do. But that's much better than having a family full of people that think you're a crackpot and actually undermine what you're doing. I've had several listeners tell me that they're going to leave their families because of this. They've been hurt way too much by the people under their own roof. And again, the vast majority are men who see what the issues are, and the men do their job, and it is the job of the man of the house to protect the house and protect the people in the house. And so when a man does his job that his instinct tells him to do, and instead of being thanked for that and loved and appreciated, instead they're ostracized and laughed at, and impugned, well, that does an awful lot to a man, and not in a good way. And men who get treated that way eventually end up splitting away from their family because they can't take the rejection. The ones that are rejecting have somehow forgotten that it is a man's role to do just that, to protect his family. And so, again, to those who are not on board, if you have a family member that's trying to protect you, that's their job. Let them do their job. Now, the people that are not on board, they don't have to get on board. Just be more supportive of those who do see. And maybe spend a few minutes of trying to see for yourself. 
And I'm going to tell everybody, whether you're on board or not, once your eyes are opened, you're in a whole different realm. And you no longer want to be naive. You no longer want to be held in the dark. You know, there's that old saying that you get treated like a mushroom. They keep you in the dark and they feed you bull. And I'll just leave it at that. You can fill in the blank. And so if you want to be a mushroom, if you want to be in the dark and just be fed lies, well, that's your choice. But understand that that's what you're choosing to be, is a mushroom. And just because you have a family member that's not a mushroom, that is a watchman, I think that you need to be thankful for that instead of impugning that. But back to those who are awake. Treat your families with love and respect, as I know that you will, and coax them along with baby steps. You're not going to change their hearts or their minds overnight. As a matter of fact, my good example that I've used several times to people who have written me, as you think back to Sodom and Gomorrah, and when Lot and his family were fleeing that, Lot's wife had to turn and look, because her heart was not with her husband. Her heart was not with her family. Her heart was back with the cities that were being destroyed. And so there's even biblical examples of people not being on board. Matter of fact, all of Noah's neighbors. Can you imagine being in the same area as Noah and knowing he's building this gigantic ship and you're just ridiculing this man? You know how many people were saved? Noah, his wife, his sons, and his son's wives. That was it. No one else was saved. And so when you look at those two examples, the people that understand, the people who are awake, the people that see the meltdown of our economy, the people that see the meltdown of our social, our entire social structure, when people see the persecution, when people see the tyranny, when people see things going the wrong way really fast, well, they're kind of like Lot, and they're trying to lead their family to safety. And even Lot failed. His wife turned and looked. And that's a lesson to all of us, whether we're on board or not. There are some out there that are going to turn and look back and suffer the consequences. We have some out there that are never going to leave Sodom. They're never going to leave Gomorrah. Even when you tell them that God's wrath is going to come and wipe these cities out, there were people that didn't believe that. Well, they were wiped out. And so we're living in that time period. And so I fully expect a lot of people to fall away. If things get as bad as what I think they're going to get, we're going to have an awful lot of people get hurt really bad or killed because they did not listen to that watchman in their house. And the watchman in that house is going to wear that forever, that they failed. You do realize that the people who are awake that don't seem to be able to wake their family members up. They feel like failures. And I want to address that. You're not a failure. You're doing your job. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. You have to apply that logic to this situation. You can tell your family. You can train them. And if they reject that, then you're going to have to understand it was them that rejected it. It wasn't you that failed. Imagine how Lot felt when his wife turned into a pillar of salt. 
I would imagine that he felt quite a pang of failure at that moment because he was trying to lead his entire family to safety. And I think the Bible also clearly tells us that not all of our family members are going to make it through very, very rough times. And so I would ask those who are listening that are not on board, you don't have to get totally on board, but at least understand that the person that wants to prep and wants you to help is doing it out of love and doing it out of a sense of honor and duty. And those are two words that we never use in our families, and that's honor and duty. And it's time for families to have honor and duty inside the home. And that includes the people that see it, thinking about the family members that don't see it as being idiots, because they can't see anything. Understand that there's a lot of people that can't see anything at all, some because of a delusion put on them, Others is because they're not bright enough to see it, and other people refuse to see problems because they don't deal with problems. People would rather stick their head in the sand. They'd rather hear everything is great than prepare. Because when you hear those words, you have to prepare, well, all of a sudden, there's work involved. You have to commit to things like that. And people don't like to commit anymore. And so we have a lot of societal breakdown that's really influencing the outcomes of what's happening in these families as one family member wants to prep and the rest of them want to resist. The whole situation has to be remedied, and it has to be remedied in the middle. And so to you that are awake, bring your family along with a lot of patience. You're going to have to have the patience of Job. And if you've ever wondered why books in the Bible and characters in the Bible are in the Bible, like Job, here's another, for instance, just like Lot in his family and Noah in his family. We have to have the patience of Job. And what we learned from the book of Job is patience on a whole other level. And so if you're the one who's awake in a house full of people that are not, you have to be Job. You have to have that patience. And work on your family one at a time. Don't sit around the dinner table and scold them and tell them how dumb they are because they can't see what's obvious. Because it's obvious to you, but it's not to them. And so you can't say, see, I told you so, and just shove it down their throat. That's not going to work. But if you take baby steps, point out small things, not all the time, just, just when it's appropriate, do it with respect and love to your family members that don't see the issues and bring them along one step at a time, one day at a time. And maybe the best you can get is that they will no longer oppose you. They may never help you. But that would be a vast improvement over the letters that I've been getting of families who are being ripped apart over this whole issue. And if some of the people in the house are not convinced that everything's going to get that bad, but are at least convinced enough to lend a hand, well, that will be a major victory. But what we have to do more than anything else is keep the families together. We have to understand that there's got to be some give and take on both ends. And the letters that I've received, the men have done everything in their power 
and they're ready to throw up their hands and move to their bug out location and just let their family just fend for themselves. And one person who has written to me has several children from teenage up to their middle 20s. And he loves his children dearly, and he wants to protect his children dearly. But his wife is coming against him so hard that she's got the children thinking that dad is not too bright, dad is paranoid, dad is a fearmonger. And so we have a father that's being ridiculed out of his own house. And that's very sad. And I have to say this as far as the end result of that. If a man has done everything that he can do with love and with respect and with patience, if it comes down to self-preservation, I would advise the man to become the head of the household and do his duties as the head of the household and save those children, even if they don't want to be saved. You have to assert the authority you have as the head of the house, and you have to lead, maybe sometimes by being a dictator at times. But if it's a life-or-death situation and someone has to do something, well, I think that you have to be willing to do that. Now, I understand convincing a spouse or ordering a spouse around is a whole different can of worms. But we have to save these children. We have to keep him safe. And so I would advise against a man leaving his family to go to his bug-out location if he has children at home. You don't want those children to be unsafe. You don't want them in harm's way. And so you're going to have to do your best to get those children to come with you to safety with your spouse as a family. Now, I'm not saying to split the family up and grab the kids and take them away from another spouse. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying the whole family should go. But if you have a family member that refuses to go, and it's a life or death situation, you have to do what you have to do, well, then it becomes a judgment call. And so you can see what a sticky situation this is. Because you don't want to be accused of taking the children away from the spouse. You don't want to be accused of that. But you don't want to see your children harmed. And so what do you do? And so those are the kind of letters I'm getting. And it really breaks my heart to get those. Really, the ultimate answer here is everyone get on the same page if you can. At least get into the same, at least be in the same book. Even if you're not on the same page, at least be in the same book. But like I said, I have several listeners who are ready to move to their bug out locations and just let their families fend for themselves because their family has mistreated them so much as far as belittled them in their efforts to try to save everybody that it's not good. So we have an awful lot of things out there that are coming at us to divide us. And I guess the place I would start is pray together. Pray that hearts are opened, hearts are softened, pray for wisdom, Pray together as a group, as a family, as a unit, and bring things together in baby steps. You're always going to have people disagree with things, and that's understandable. But if you can get your families to operate as a team, then the chances of you being out of harm's way are greatly enhanced. So both sides has to come at this 
with a spirit of love, a spirit of honesty, and also with a lot of patience. I hope that I've helped some situation. I know how bad this situation is for a lot of people. Just know that you're not alone. Know that we have thousands of families going through the same dilemma right now. And so all of us listening here to Truth to Ponder today, we need to pray for families. We need to pray for family unity. We need to pray that cooler heads prevail when discussions get heated within families. We need to understand that there are divides that are being placed there by Satan. So we need to come against that in the name of Jesus. All of these roadblocks that are trying to break our families apart. We have to do everything we can to resist Satan. And there's a lot of people that get that. Unfortunately, there's a lot of people that don't. But we need to pray for those who don't get that to where they have their hearts opened and their minds opened. To where they can see at least that. That their enemy isn't the person that's trying to prepare. The enemy isn't that kook that thinks that bad times are coming. Their enemy is the evil one himself. I just hope and pray that if there's family members listening who are resisting the efforts of someone in their family to actually care for them and save their life, that they really see things for what they really are, is a person that actually cares enough for them to do what it takes to make sure they're safe. Well, I hope the right ears heard that, and I really do hope that it will help solve some problems, because I really do hate to see anybody have to go through just this whole mess that we're going through without the help of their family. But I do really feel that we all need to come together, starting at the family level. And if you enjoy the Living Off Grid Power and Information Show, I would ask that you consider donating to the show to keep it on the air. I take checks, money orders, and cash, and you would write the check out to Thunderbolt West Media, and you would mail to Thunderbolt West Media, P.O. Box 163, Hershey, Nebraska, and the zip code is 69143. Well, again, thanks for listening, and until next time, everyone, come together. Let's face this problem as a team. Keep your powder dry. Stay strong. But most important of all, replace fear with faith. This is Jim Calhoun with the Living Off Grid Power and Information Show. The song Step Out on the Sea is performed by Brit Small and Festival. Thank you for listening to Thunderbolt West Media.